Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. Happy New Year to you. I am really, really glad you're here. My name's Adam Jungblut. I'm the ministries pastor here at Parkway Fellowship. I got to tell you, I love the new year. I absolutely love the new year. You want to know why? Because 2012, for me, it's going to be the best year of my life. It's going to be the best year of my life in every way and in every form. It's going to be the best year of my life physically, emotionally, spiritually. Everything that you can absolutely think of, this is the year. This is the year for me. But here's the thing. I'm not the only one in this room that's thinking that. We all are. We're all walking into this year thinking this is going to be the year. It amazes me how from yesterday to today, everything changes. Everything changes with just one move. Everything is different. But we're all looking at it this way. I mean, 2012, this is going to be the year that all of us become the men or women that God has always planned for us to be. This is going to be the year that our marriages solidify and are strengthened and the foundation is stronger than it ever has been. For some in this room, uh, 2012 is going to be the year that you find the love of your life. For some in this room, uh, 2012 is going to be the year that you truly begin to hear God speak to you for the first time and understand what his voice sounds like. 2012 is going to be the year for us where everything we want, that more of Christ in our relationship is going to come to fruition. For some in this room, 2012 is going to be the year that kids are born. For others in this room, uh, 2012 is going to be the year that true discipleship begins to take place in our homes. And for all of us, we all want 2012 to be the year that financial freedom truly comes into our lives. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's just exciting. From yesterday, oh, 2011, I'm so glad it's over. 2012, yeah, best year ever. It's awesome. But you know, before we get too wrapped up into it, the Bible gives us a big first. We find a really big first in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. If you've got your sermon notes, pull it out. I want you to look at it. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It reads, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Then all of these will be given to you as well. You see, before we begin to seek the list of things that I just went through and the more of things that you've already thought about in your mind, we're supposed to seek him and his kingdom and his righteousness first. Today, I want us to look at four things that if we implement in our lives, I honestly and truly believe that 2012 will be the best year of our life. The best year that we have ever had if we implement these four firsts that we're going to go through. But before we jump into those, I do want us to take a quick little look at 2011. You see, we've got to look at kind of where we were and what our starting point is for 2012. Where's our baseline? What what, what are we starting with? And so real quick, what was 2012 like for you spiritually? 
there's a little deal in your, in your sermon notes right there. And I've given you four options and, and I want you to pick one. I want you to pick one of these deals of what 20, 2011 looked like for you. For you in 2011, were you spiritually far away from God? Honestly, it was 2011 just a year where you and God were distant the entire time. Maybe spiritually, you were sometimes close, sometimes far. Just a real inconsistent year for you. Maybe for you, you were spiritually, you were mostly close, but sometimes you were far away. Or maybe, were you spiritually closer than ever? Seriously, take a second, look at it, and pick one. It's kind of hard, isn't it? I had to take a little hard look at myself. I had to kind of stop and look at it because naturally my instinct is to simply check uh, that I was closer than ever. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm in charge of ministries. I lead things here. And so that's supposed to be my answer. But I couldn't answer that honestly. For me, I was mostly close, but I was sometimes far. I had a couple of dry spells in 2011. I had some times that came up where life got a little bit more of me than I wanted and just the time and priorities. And so I I was mostly close, but I was sometimes far. And I got to be honest, that was kind of hard to check. There was a part of me that was like, why even put this in the sermon? If I don't put it in the sermon, I really don't even have to look at it, think about it or talk about it, right? But you know, one of the reasons why 2012 is going to be the best year because I'm committed that I'm going to be closer than ever. I'm going to be closer than ever. All of the years of my life, and man, I've had, some, I've had some great years, and I've had some highlights along the way. But 2012 is going to be it because I am so committed to being closer than ever. I truly want to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness first because I know that everything else is going to be added to me if I can take care of that. So let's look at first things first. On the first day of the first month, I mean, January 1st on a Sunday, here we are. We've got to look at first things first. And so what are the first things to do to make 2012 the best year of your life? The first thing is I want you to seek God at the first of every day. At the first of every day, we need to seek God. Look at what it says in Psalm 63 verse 1. Oh God... You are my God. Early I will seek you. Circle the word early. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Look at what it says in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. Very early in the morning. Underline very early in the morning. While it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. The first thing we have to do is seek God. Before anything else, before our goals, before our hopes, before our dreams take place, we need to seek God. And according to scripture and what I read, we need to seek him at the first of every day. The first thing that we do when we wake up is we need to seek God. Before the kids wake up, before our email starts going crazy, before Facebook statuses start pouring in, Before anything else happens, we need to seek God first. By seeking him first in the day, we're saying, listen, I'm going to seek you first. And I want you to bless the rest. Now, I'm already getting the looks in here of, 
I'm not a morning person. It just doesn't happen for me. I, I, you know, aren't I supposed to give God my best? Well, early in the morning is not my best. Just ask anybody else that sees me before I have my coffee. I'm getting those eyes right now. Listen. I want to talk about that real quick. Jesus had his quiet time very early in the morning. There has to be a key to doing it in the morning. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to at least try. I want you to give it a shot in the morning. I want you to maybe go to bed a little bit earlier at night. I want you to not hit the snooze button. Wake up, grab something to eat real quick. And then I want you to sit down and I want you to pray. God, would you make me alert so that I can seek you first this morning? I really don't see God saying, no. No, it's not going to happen. I'm going to let you be asleep. I truly believe that if that happens, you wake up first, jump in the shower, water on your face, whatever you need to do to wake up and then ask God for alertness. Ask God to be focused in the morning. He's going to give it to you. But then even if it is a struggle for you, you're actually in a fantastic, fantastic position because it's more of a sacrifice for you. I'm a morning person. I wake up early in the morning. I can get a lot of things done in the morning. So I give God the first. But I'm a morning person. It's not that hard for me. If you're not a morning person and you wake up, you're telling God that, listen, this is hard for me. This is not easy. My natural instinct is to go back to bed and hit that snooze for at least another hour. But I'm giving you my first. Because I want you in my life more today than an extra 30 minutes of sleep. Now that is seeking his kingdom first. And seeking his righteousness first. If if 2012 is going to be the best year of your life, then you have to seek God first. Beginning of every single day. The second thing that you've got to do is you have to worship at church the first of every week. Worship at church the first of every single week. Look what it says in Acts chapter 20, verse 7a. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Underline on the first day of the week. Look what it says in Hebrews 10, 25. Some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting for worship. But we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging others. Listen, I I have a bad habit. I often view Monday as the first day of the week. And I view Sunday as kind of the last day. For me, I spend all week long preparing for the next Sunday. And so it's just a little trap that I know that Satan plays on me. And that I think of Monday as the first day of my week. And then Sunday ends it so that I can start over again. But I know I'm not the first one, uh, the only one in here that struggles with that. I know people in my small group we meet on Sunday nights will be talking and it's like, oh, I can't wait to start a new week tomorrow. I can't wait to start or to begin. And it's a trap that we have. We have got to look at Sunday as being the first because it's the same idea that we had when we're talking about seeking God the first of every day. When we seek him first, the first part of our week, it shows that God, we want you more this week than anything else. I'm starting this week committed to you. I mean, if, if, look at the creation story and just think about it. While the seventh day of creation was God's last day, the Sabbath that he rested, it was man's first. 
It was, it was man's first day on the Sabbath. Our first day alive, man, here we go, was the Sabbath. I don't think it was by accident. On the first day of our existence, God said, I want you to rest and I want you to worship me. Because I made you and because you're here. You got the rest of the week to do whatever you want. Listen, it is so crucial that we make church a high priority. Now, listen, I'm not expecting perfect attendance here. Listen, I wasn't at church every single Sunday last year. But it was a high commitment for me. Listen, I want you to think of maybe the most recent time that you missed. What was the most recent time that you missed church? At the end of 2011, and I want you to ask yourself two questions. Why did I miss? And did I have the opportunity to go to church wherever I was? You see, when, it, when, we, when we cause it to look at that, we look and we say, okay, what was it in my life that forced me to not go to church? Was it, a, was it, was it just a priority of something that I had of I wanted to do this more than going to church, but it kind of shows us in our schedules what rises up and challenges our Sunday morning. But there's great reasons that you're not here, that you're out of town, you're on vacation. I get that. But wherever you were, then did you have a chance to go? Now, listen, I know that going to any other church in the world is going to be like a major step down from what we have here at the park. But listen, it's okay if you only do it a handful of times a year, right? It just really makes us appreciate what we have here at the park. I know. I I understand. I feel sorry for other churches too. That was funny. You can laugh. Like, it's okay. They they all know it too. Um, Wherever you were, did you have a chance to go? Or did you just think in your mind, I'm on vacation. Therefore, I'm on vacation. I don't have to do anything. It's like God understands if we're on vacation and we're out of town that we don't have to go to church. That's not true. That, that's not how it is at all. Listen, if 2012 is going to be the best year of our life, we have to be committed to worshiping at church at the first part of every week. I mean, this is where the good stuff happens. This is where we get to come together and we worship together, where our energy comes in, where we're fed at the beginning of the week so we can go out and use all of our energy for Christ, sharing and telling everybody that we know how great he is so we can come back and start our next week off with being filled up all over again. I mean, this is where the plug, this is where the energy, this is where our batteries are recharged is right here in this room together. This is the start of every single week for us in 2012. But look, it doesn't stop there. The third thing, the third thing that we have got to do is that we have to tithe at the first of every month. We have to tithe at the first of every month. Look what it says in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. A tithe literally means the first tenth. Listen, at the beginning of every month or whenever you get paid, 10% of that paycheck, of that amount of money, goes to God. It's this same idea of the principle of the first that we've talked about. You beginning to catch on? You beginning to see it? Listen, God, we are going to give you our first so that you can bless 
the rest. God, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to spend time with you. I'm giving you my first. Would you bless the rest of my day? Give me the energy and the patience that I need with my kids. And I believe that he will. God, I'm giving you the first part of my week so that you can bless everything that I have to do for the rest of this week. It is the exact same with our money. Whenever we get paid, God, I am giving you the first 10% so that the rest of it will be blessed. And listen, honestly, isn't it all God's money anyways? I mean, the gifts and the talents that we have that give us the jobs and give us the means to make money, didn't he give us those gifts and abilities and talents? I mean, if it weren't for him, we wouldn't have the gifts and the abilities, which wouldn't give us any means to make any of the money that we have. I mean, it's all his. But what makes it so hard is that we hold on to it as if it's our treasure. I mean, literally, we look at our bank accounts as if they're treasure chests. And we open it up, and we're able to see all of the or some of the gold that's in there. But we look at it as our treasure, and so we hold it so tight, and that's just what makes it so difficult. I mean, for some of us in here waking up early in the morning, oh, that's hard. But this, ooh, this is really tough. But you know why? I think we have the reason of that. It's in Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 21. Jesus tells us that for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, we're not really talking about a money issue. We're talking about a heart issue. Because wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart is as well. See, this isn't a money issue. This is a heart issue. I mean, honestly, God doesn't need your money. Parkway Fellowship doesn't need your money. What matters is your heart. God desires your heart wholly and solely for him. That's what we're talking about every single Sunday at worship is what is the condition of your heart. And what's so great is that if 2012 is going to be the best year of your life, if you commit to tithe at the beginning of every month or whenever you get paid, it allows you to have a gut check. It allows you to say, where is my heart? As I'm going into this month, where is my heart? Where is my heart? Where are my priorities? Am I seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? Where am I? It is one of the biggest gut checks that honestly that we are going to get is when we have to look at our treasure and we say, where is this? Is my treasure in seeking him first? Is my treasure in you, God? Because if that's the case, well, then it's easy to cut a check for 10%. But that, that's why if 2012 is going to be the best year, we've got to tithe at the beginning of every single month. But listen, this next one, this is the one that kicks it up a notch. This is the one that really, this is when you put your big boy pants on, your big girl pants on, you say, I am really committed to make 2012 the best year of my life. This is the one that's like all of these things on steroids. I want you to fast at the first part of every year. I want you to fast the first part of every year. Look what it says in Joel chapter one, verse 14. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord, your God, and cry out to the Lord. 
And then Matthew 6, 17 and 18, right underneath that. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father, who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, will reward you. That reward is what we're looking for in 2012. This is the year that we're saying, I want more reward than ever in my life. This is how you get it. I want you to take a large portion of this week. And I want you to tell God that, God, I want more of you. I want to seek you first, your righteousness first in 2012. I want that more than I want food. That is what I want. Now, that is saying a lot. That's saying that, God, I would rather be hungry right now and hurt physically in my stomach than not have you. You are my everything. And I want you to do it sometime this week. And I want you to fast for this upcoming year. Now listen, there's, there's several different kinds of fasts. I've put three of them in there for you. The first kind of fast is a water-only fast. For a certain amount of time, drink only water. That's it. No food, water only. Another kind of fast is there's a juice-only fast. Just drink fruit juices, maybe a smoothie mixed in there, but you are just, it is a liquid only juice diet. And then the third kind of fast is called a Daniel fast. This is literally fruits and vegetables and water. It's from Daniel chapter one. It's what, it's what Daniel did to show his commitment to God when he was in captivity. Fruits, vegetables, and water. All the stuff that we normally don't like to eat and gets pushed off of our plate. Eat only that. That's telling God a lot. God, I'm going to eat the gross stuff. And as, I was, as I was writing this and as I was looking at it, I was really convicted. I was really convicted of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I really prayed about it and I prayed, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And then do you want me to share it? And, and, and I felt like he was saying, yeah, I, w- I want you to share what you're going to do. What I'm committing to do this week is I'm going to fast Monday through Friday. I'm going to do a juice only fast. But every single day, I'm committing to pray for a member of my family. Tomorrow, I'm fasting for my wife, Robin. That 2012 would be the best year that she has ever had. That God would bless her in every way possible. In every aspect of her life, would God pour out his blessings on her. Tuesday, I'm going to do the same thing for William, my seven-year-old son. That this year, that God would speak to him, show him more. That he would grow in wisdom and in stature more than he ever has. Wednesday, Avery... Thursday, Lily, and then Friday, I'm going to pray for myself. That's what my week's going to look like. You want to know why it's going to look like that? Because I want 2012 to be the best year I have ever had. And so what's a little bit of time? And listen, when you fast, it's not more time for you to get work done and work through lunch. It's not more time for you to sleep in a little bit more because you're not going to have breakfast. No, whenever you were going to eat... You take that time and you pray. Every time your stomach growls, it's a reminder to pray. That's how fasting works. Now, now, now listen, I've already had a donut this morning. I've already eaten a little bit. And so like, if you walk in, you're like, oh, I totally want to do this. Oh, but I ate this morning. Nah, just sometime this week. 
And you know what? If you've never done this before, go a meal. Just try one meal or maybe two or maybe a day. I've been fasting for years. Listen, it is simply the act of telling God, God, I want more of you first. Would you bless the rest? Now, I want you to avoid and resist the temptation of picking and choosing on these four things. It, it's really the combination of all of them and the consistency of all of them that will lead you to have the greatest year of your life, to be closer to God. Because, I mean, think about it. If you start everything with God and then ask him to bless the rest every day, every week, every month, and every year, that's a lot of blessing. That's the everything else that we talked about in the beginning will be given to you. That's the reward that is talked about. That's what we want. Now, listen, if you just do one of these things, will you have a great year? Absolutely. I mean, good grief. If you just wake up and spend time with God every single morning, don't do anything else. Yes, you're going to have a fantastic year. But, but if you want the best year, the greatest year that you've ever had, do all four of them. Make a commitment to do all four. I want everybody right now to pull out your connection card and flip it over on the back. And I want you to pick a next step. Maybe for you it's this first one, to become a Christ follower for the first time. Now, now, now listen, if you've been going through this thing and you're saying, golly, I want all of this stuff, but I have no clue where to start. Listen, it starts with asking Jesus to our Christ to come into your life and pledging your life to him. You see, Jesus died on a cross for our sins, all of our mistakes, everything that we've ever messed up. He died so that if we accept him and ask him to come into our lives and forgive us of our sins, when we die, we can spend eternity in heaven with God. That our mistake and sin-ridden lives will be washed away clean and we will be perfect before God because we lived for Christ. If you want to do that today, at the bottom of your sermon notes, there's a sample prayer on how to do that. Listen, as the band's about to come up and we pray uh, and we sing our final song, I want, you to, I want you to pray that prayer right there in your seat. And if you mean it, then literally you have become a Christian, a Christ follower today. On your way out, if that's you, I want you to grab a new believer packet. There are little envelope packets that we have on either side of every door heading out of this room. I want you to grab it, take it home, and open it. And it'll just help you with your first steps as you follow Christ. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Commit to start my day off with God. If you're making that commitment to start your day off with God in 2012, I want you to check this. Listen, this week, I will shoot you an email, and I'll kind of let you know what I do in my time with God every morning. Just the different things that I do. Maybe it'll help you. Maybe implement some new things, give you some ideas. So go ahead and check that box. Hey, listen, maybe it's this next one. Commit to make church a high priority in 2012. Listen, praise God you go to a church that it's like fun and great and easy to go to. Can you imagine if you're going like to a boring church and then you see commit to make, to make church a high priority? It's like, oh, that totally stinks. It's like so easy to make this commitment. So would you commit to make church a high priority? Maybe for you, commit to tithe in 2012. You've never done this. If you're going to commit that every month, every time you get paid to tithe, check this box. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Plan to fast at some point this week. 
Listen, if you check this box, I'm going to send you additional information about fasting. Some other things to look at, books to read, just to help you out as much as possible. Or maybe for you, it's this last one. Memorize Matthew 6, 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Let me pray for us as, as Matt and Ryan and the rest of our worship team come on up here. Hey, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. God, thank you for all of the amazing blessings that you gave us in 2011. God, but we are wanting all of you and more of you in 2012. God, would 2012 be the best year that we have ever had? It would be the greatest year that we are closer to you. God, that emotionally and spiritually and mentally and financially, God, all of the blessings are just poured out on us. And God, would we seek you first before anything else happens? Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282. 